0: Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C W O W I dot O R G. Today, talking about uh, how do people get off when they say they've been to heaven or they go to heaven multiple times, like every other week they say they went to heaven and each time becomes more extravagant and more weird. Uh, Or what do you say about Christians who say they went to hell and they saw Christians in hell? You know, what do you do about all that? Well, you know, first, first, I want to share, uh, that we are a house church network. I encourage you to visit our, our website, cwowi.org and sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching that comes out on a variety of subjects, it comes out Friday mornings by email. You'll be blessed. And also there's lots of videos and, and teachings about, about house church and everything on our site, cwowi.org. Sorry. So excited to get going here. Just felt led to share. How do people get so off base? Uh, How does a person paint a a picture of Jesus, say he appeared to me, or I saw him, and this is what he looked like to me, and he looks like he stepped out of the pages of a Hollywood uh, movie, you know, Um, some white, handsome, uh, you know, Jesus uh, sort of thing. Or how does, uh, I I got an email from somebody concerned because a man in West Africa said he he had a near-death experience, and he went to hell, and he saw Christians in hell who were not tithers. So I get people asking me questions. What do you, what is that? Is that true or not? Uh, I've got a couple emails from women in another West African nation who said a woman who who had a near death experience went to hell and she saw Christian women who braided their hair in hell because they braided their hair. So you know I get emails from people saying you know you know can Christians go to hell because they don't tie the can Christians go to hell because they they braid their hair and what do I do about this person who says that they went to heaven and it seems like every every other week. Or happen, it coincides with their, their monthly e-newsletter or something like that, you know, that they say they went to heaven and there's all these crazy things that they say is in heaven. You know, how do I deal with that? And and the, the answer uh, is that there's a lot of people in the flesh. And what I'm going to say in a nutshell is this. People, number one, if their experience was true, if it was genuine, no matter if, if true and genuine, like like maybe the man in West Africa or the or the woman who died, maybe they have genuine near-death experiences. I came back to tell the story. But they mix their religious understanding. All they know of the Lord is what they're told through that pulpit. And they mix their traditions of their local church or what that pastor says. With their experience, they filter it through their life experience, through their church tradition, sometimes through their age. There's a boy uh, who's now grown up, but when he was four years old, he said he went to heaven, had near death experience, went to heaven, and he said all the people in heaven have wings. Well, no, the people in heaven don't have wings. All you have to do is turn to the book of the Revelation, and you'll see, you know, multitudes in in heaven. None of them have wings. And others of us who have been to heaven, it's like, no, people don't have wings, but. You know what? Hey, he was practically a toddler when he had that experience, so give him a break. But people filter things through their age. Don't just automatically accept it as true and realize that. And it's the same thing with people who paint pictures of a of Jesus who, who look romanticized and like this handsome dude, you know, who died for everybody. Isn't he desirable? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> the Lord is very average looking. He's about 5'11". He's very weathered. He's got a long face, very weathered, uh, like weather lines. Uh, in his face, a long, flat nose, uh, perhaps from the beating you took, I don't have any idea. The closest I've ever seen, in fact, one day I was walking into a Barnes & Noble, which is a U.S. bookstore chain. I was walking in there to get a a book, a gift for somebody, and right in the foyer, right as you enter the first door, they had a display stand of uh, a, a reverse image of the Shroud of Turin. And I just, I literally stopped. It just froze me in my tracks. I'd never before seen anybody put anything close to what Jesus looks like. And there on the book cover was this death mask of, of the Shroud of Turin. And it's like, that is the closest I've ever seen to what the Lord looks like. Um, and, and realize that, you know, that was happening laying down. You know how people's face is fatter when they lie down. So if you put him upright and give him a more weathered look and everything, that's the closest I've ever seen to what the Lord looks like. Um you know, I want to say this too. I want to offer this too, because I have had experiences and I know that they're balanced. I know that they're right and and everything. I wrote a book called Pursuing the Seasons of God, which details some of my early uh experiences with the Lord from April of 86 through about 1989. And I'm happy to upload that PDF to you if you want to email me. If you want to see some of the experiences I've had with the Lord, and you'll find they're balanced, they're they're they'll teach you more of the ways of the Lord. Anyway. Um, it, just email me. The email address is C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com. C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com. Church Without Walls International. So C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com. And I'll upload that PDF to you. Just just email me. But my point is this. People filter that. And, and then let me say this. Um, It's the same thing with the guy who died in West Africa, you know, whose preacher taught, you know, if you don't tithe to this church, you're going to hell. Well, the man filtered, if his experience was genuine, through that, and and so he preached. He said that's what he saw. And so they filter these things through. Same way with people going to heaven. You know, what happens oftentimes is this, that a person has a, a one-time experience, and the Lord will give them oftentimes a genuine one-time experience, and then he will see how they handle it. Do they try to build a ministry out of it? Do they try to to, to sell books, uh, you know, on it? Do they Do they try to make money off of an experience of the Lord? In other words, are they prostituting their faith? Or or is it just part of their life and ministry, and this is just how they are, and the book of Acts is normal, this is what happened to me, versus that one-time experience where it's like, okay, I've got to get it out there. Well, a person can have a one-time experience, and the Lord will see, okay, how did you handle it? And if they handle it incorrectly, then that's all they get. The Lord's not going to do anything for them uh, beyond that. Um, but what happens is oftentimes the tail starts wagging the dog. In other words, they have, they start a ministry. I went to heaven. I had this experience. And, you know, they sell a half a million copies or whatever the case is. And then the excitement dies down and they find their income drops and they find their name, their churches aren't calling to have them preach anymore or or share their story. And that excitement wears down. So they feel compelled to add to it. So they get in the flesh, like Jeremiah talks about. in, in the book of Jeremiah, what is it, chapter 22, 23, etc., talks about false prophets and false words, how they, they give in to their own imaginations and such. And pretty soon you've got a person who, it, it's, it's like a roller coaster. They'll have an experience and excitement will go and then it, it will dry up and everything else. And so, oh, they've got to have another experience. And so they have something else. And so each time they, quote, unquote, visit heaven, it gets goofier than the last. And pretty soon it's like people are saying, okay, can a person go to heaven at will? Does the Lord really take a person to heaven, you know, once a month type of thing to coincide with when their next newsletter comes out? It's like, no, 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 the person's in the flesh and they get goofy and and, and stuff like that. So, so... You know, if you look in Scripture, the fact of the matter is the Apostle John did go to heaven. That's the book of Revelation. You know, Revelation 1.10, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day. In Revelation 4.2, I was in the Spirit and I saw a door open in heaven and said, come up here. You know, you're in the Spirit. You have those experiences. But the whole of the Apostle John, he wrote the Gospel of John. He doesn't talk about himself with all the sorts of experiences there. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He doesn't talk about all these experiences. He had the experience but it wasn't like every other week he's going to heaven. And and there are some of us who are seers and everything, and the Lord will appear to us uh, you know, on a more or less uh, continual basis. You see, he appeared to Paul in Acts 9. He appeared to Paul in Acts 18. Paul talked about being in a trance and seeing the Lord. He t- Paul talks about going to heaven. There were multiple times in the apostle Paul's life where he saw the Lord uh, and or went to heaven. But it wasn't an outlandish thing. You don't have a, a book about Paul's experiences and uh, you know detailing everything where he's trying to make a buck off of the people or, or something like that. Uh, but he's grounded. He's more about what life is like in the Lord now and to focus on what Christ is doing in me now. And that's our focus. So just realize that, you know, I'm trying to answer the question, how do people get off base? They filter it through what their preacher said. They filter it through their culture. They filter it through their age. Uh, They filter it through their ideas of what the Lord would look like. And oftentimes it's a real experience, but it may be about their only experience because they didn't handle it well. And they didn't handle it with the maturity and the balance that the Lord uh, requires, uh, they start getting off base, and so then they start becoming, you know, false and different stuff like that. Or they, you know, like I said, the tail wags the dog. Not to repeat myself. Anyway, these are some of the experiences about, or some of the ways that that happen. I have no problem reading. I don't personally read about people's experiences in heaven because uh, I don't want it to filter. Just for that reason, I don't want it to to filter. I don't want it to influence uh, the experience uh, experiences that I've had uh, when I've been in the spirit. Uh, my wife Barbara reads reads read some of that, and sometimes. sometimes Sometimes you have questions, you'll bounce something off of me, but I don't. I just don't read other people's experiences, and and you've got to understand, heaven is big enough. It's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's like a seed. How many how many apples are in an apple seed? How many apple trees are in a single seed? The heaven is. You and I are larger on the inside than we are on the than. We are on the outside. You and I are larger. We have dreams and and gifts and things that you'll which, the, you know, our life isn't long enough here on earth to see all those come to pass. We're larger on the inside than we are on the outside. That's the ways of the kingdom. We've got all the ages to come to explore all the things that the Lord has created within us. So heaven is like that. It's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. So a person can have one experience and say, I saw this part of heaven. Another person have another experience. And say, I saw this part of heaven. It, it could be legitimate and true. But, um, because we know in part, we prophesy in part, but where it starts getting off is, is, um, they start embellishing things, so you know the the pastor in West Africa didn't realize you know when uh, the woman who died and, and said she saw Christian women in hell because they braided their hair. Well, the Christian pastor all he had to do was look up and realize that in the first century women braided their hair and they wove jewels in their braids and they wore wigs that they braided jewelry in their wigs and wore those and and so that's how a, a Christian or not, excuse me that's how a woman displayed her wealth and her status was was by weaving jewelry in the in the wigs in the braids of the the hair that was the style in the first century and uh you know that pastor could have learned that and and realized that Paul was talking culturally when he said don't braid your hair with all sorts of ornaments and and jewelry and stuff like that but focus on the inward qualities of the heart that's all that that Paul was writing about but people filter it through through their ignorance through their culture through stuff like that. So anyway, I hope this helps. I, I'm trying not to ramble on here, but I hope this provides a basis for you to be able to judge things and just put things on a shelf. If something sounds weird or somebody is going every other week to heaven, you know, just put it on a shelf. Or somebody has an experience like, you know, Christians who don't tithe or braid their hair in hell, uh, just put it on a shelf and just say, you know, that was them. They don't answer to me. They answer to the Lord, but that doesn't sound right. And, and focus on what the Lord is doing today in you. That is what our focus is. It's never on these experiences. Even Paul wrote in Second Corinthians 12, he said, now I'm going to come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Um, but, you know, if you look at all that Paul wrote, he just mentions these things. And that's how it is with me. That's how it is with some people. It's like you have these experiences, but they're just part of who we are. It's part of life. It's not something to build up. And then you become the tail wagging the dog thinking you got to keep it going. Eh, Run, don't walk to the nearest exit in those cases. <laughs> so anyway, I hope this has been helpful to you. Just put things on a shelf. And like I said, if you email me, I'll be happy to upload the PDF to you uh, if you'd like to know more. But but my heart is for balance. My heart since I was a kid, Psalm 103.7 has been my heart's cry, which is this: He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts, A C T S to the children of Israel. I've never been one who's wanted to see the manna in the wilderness or the water from a rock. I want to know his ways. If I know his ways, then the rest will come. But I want to be like Moses, who knows his ways. He made known his ways to Moses. So that's why I do these videos, part of the discipleship process. I hope it's been a blessing to you. God bless. John Fenn, CWOWI.org. Bye-bye.